Hi, and welcome to Broken Wheel, a blog and podcast taking an in-depth look at the Bible. I'm your author and host, Hunter Carl. Today we're looking at Ecclesiastes 6.4, for it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness its name is covered. Jesse, Tyler, and Sam, my kids. One of the cruelties of dealing with infertility is you precisely know when and how you lose your children. Stillborn infants and miscarriages are tragic. A woman experiences pregnancy, the family gathers around her to rejoice, and then it's gone. What leaves is hope, purpose, and the future. The cards of your flimsy castle are blown down by an unwanted breeze, and there's nothing left to do but start stacking them again. How many times can you go on before you can't? When is the right time to give up? What are you holding on to? All those thoughts visited the women and men of ancient times, which Solomon writes about. They poured their lives into the first few months of their baby's life or carried them to term. And for what? The good book tells us, but it's so awful to speak of it when someone hurts us deeply. Vanity. The emptiness of emptiness. The unfulfilling meal of clouds. Hebrews didn't name their children until certain ceremonies could be fulfilled. The reason the children go in darkness and don't have names is because they didn't live to receive names. Why this ritual? Why don't you let your kids name a stray dog or cat that keeps hanging around? You grow attached. We've been trying to have children for close to three years now. Since we've been doing procedures, we know we've lost at least three. Could be more, but we know these three. It's easier to only think you've lost the ones you know, and so we do, right or wrong. Perhaps a moral failing on our part that we'll know the answer to one day. Unlike the people in Solomon's time, there is no darkness. We know how to monitor, manipulate, and see everything about pregnancy. Katie's blood is measured for the correct hormones. Ultrasounds are performed to look for our hopeful children, and microscopes show them to us as a few cells. Nothing can hide from us, and nothing is whole. The man we discussed in the previous verses, is my child truly better off than him? As painful as it is for me to say it, yes. If my children leave lives devoid of God's love, peace, and hope, then yes, I'm happy they're not here. Now, they would have had every opportunity not to live that way had they been born. I'm not God, but I can't see them heading down that path. They would at least known what they were doing was explicitly wrong. Would have that had been enough to turn them back? That's in God's hands. My children had lives. I know that explicitly. Were they better than this man's? That's an impossible question, and it requires an impossible story. I can't explain why or how, but a few days after my daughter died, I came home listening to a song about a mother inviting her child into the world. It was random, just on a podcast I like to listen to. It was sketchy, and I started to dance a little. All of a sudden, I was spinning Jessie around. I could see her smile, freckles, and hair just like her mother's. And she was gone, and I fell to the floor sobbing. I know it was brief, but the fact I got to see her smile fills me with joy. If you liked what you heard today, visit brokenwheel.substack.com and sign up to get this podcast and blog post sent to your email. The podcast is also available on iTunes and Spotify. Please rate and review us there. If you want more of my writing, visit the About page on my website to read short stories I've recently published in journals such as the Blue Mountain Review. Thanks, and have a great rest of your day.